Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my iClarity podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest iClarity episode. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. So today I want to share an interview with Margaret Romero. She actually interviewed me on Instagram Live recently, and Margaret, she's a really cool person. She was Columbia trained as a nurse practitioner. She's a functional medicine consultant specializing in things like lupus, thyroid, GI issues. She's got a podcast called The Sacred medicine podcast. So we have a nice discussion about some of the things I'm doing, especially in holistic vision care. So I hope you enjoy enjoy the show. Thanks for tuning in. So I'm excited to talk about some of these eye issues. I see them okay. constantly, oh, wow. constantly um, at the urgent care when I work there one, one day a week. So um, <laughs> why don't you just give us a quick, like, snippet on who you are and what you do. Okay, so my name is Dr. Sam Byrne, and I'm a holistic optometrist. I've been in practice over 35 years, and I have a lot of great methods to help people improve their vision, especially as we get older. I work with infants, elders, everybody in between, and my belief is you don't have to live out your doctor's diagnosis and you can improve your vision at any age. I love it. So we'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with us today. So one of the things that I see so much of, um, and tell me why this is, is pink eye. Every, Every week that I'm at the urgent care, people come in with pink eye. And I know, you know, conventional medicine, you know, it's just a bacterial infection and you give tobermycin or whatever bacterial drops for it. And that's it. And I want to know why I see this so much more in the winter and what can we do to prevent it? Is there something we can do that does not require antibacterial drops? Sure. So um, pink eye or better known as conjunctivitis is super contagious and especially with kids you know you just rub your your eye a little bit and all of a sudden if you've got uh, a bacteria and you know this is this is related to something which I call the ocular microbiome so we have a microbiome in the body but we also have an eye microbiome and so when our eyes dry out yeah there's I, I did a a an article in Mind Body Green about ocular microbiome, and I can send you the link. Anyway, so if you're a contact lens wearer, if you use like uh, eye drops that have a lot of preservatives and chemicals in them, or you've had eye surgeries that reduces your immune health in the eyes, um, you know, if in Chinese medicine, the upper eyelid represents your spleen health, and the lower 
uh, eyelid represents your stomach health. So that's more from an energetic oh. point of view. So I like to go for herbs and compresses and natural eye drops as a way to, you know, treat the cause. And so, for example, you could do compresses like burdock or golden seal or echinacea or eye bright. Those are great to do a few times a day if you're able to do that. Finding eye drops like homeopathic eye drops are really good. So similiacin, uh, optique by boron, those are homeopathics that keep the eyes more hydrated. Similiacin actually has a little eye bright in it. So um, that would be something to do, say, four times a day. My MSM eye drops work really well. Uh, it's a sulfur molecule and that reduces inflammation. Um, and also things like colloidal silver, if you can get a really good organic colloidal silver, that works really well at nipping pink eye in the bud um, if you're open to that. And also organic castor oil, if you massage a little bit on the eyelids, that's a great anti-inflammatory agent. And a little commercial here, I just um, created a certified organic castor oil eye drop and uh, it's great as a lubricator, moisturizer, anti-inflammatory agent. You know, and for people out there that use makeup, a lot of times um, they have to check what's in their makeup. Skin Deep is a, a website we use to, to analyze, well, what's actually in eye makeup. That can be an issue if you're a contact right. lens wearer, you know. Um, and, you know, being on the computer all day, uh, eye stress, the blue light dries your eyes out. And the thing is, is that with pink eye, uh, there's some low level of inflammation going on. And so, again, there could be systemic and metabolic and endocrine reasons why that um, it starts to affect the eyes. And there are functional reasons how you use your eyes together. Are you focusing well? This is why eye exercises that I recommend can also help. So there's a functional perspective in this as well. And, and the bad news is when you use antibiotics, it reduces your ocular microbiome. It treats the symptoms for a little bit, but usually it doesn't get rid of the cause. And that's the conundrum that people get into when it's a staph infection and they start taking a lot of antibiotics. I would definitely do some secondary things to boost your immune system and including your ocular microbiome with natural eye drops and, and things like that. So the eye drops that you just mentioned, like the eye bright, for example, can that help restore the eye microbiome? Sure. If someone's been on tobramycin, um, like often. Yes, exactly. You, you need you can use those pharmaceuticals, you know, initially for a few days to help with the symptoms, but you got to take it further than that. If you're on tobramycin for anything longer than a week, it really does it affects the pH in the eyes and it reduces the ocular microbiome. That's where the homeopathic eye drops are really important. And then doing something in the evening like a castor oil eye drop or doing some of these compresses, you know, golden seal or eye bright or echinacea uh, as, as eye compresses are wonderful as a way to restore the ocular microbiome and reduce inflammation. And when you do that, then, then a lot of times the, the bug goes away. And during the period, you have to be careful from a contagious standpoint. Don't share washcloths or towels or, you know, I'm sure you, you counsel people on that. But, um, 
Unfortunately, the pharmaceutical world is a symptom based and it drives the, the cause further in. So it doesn't, totally. it's not really the answer. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. So with something like golden seal, when you say compresses, are you saying like open up the capsule in, in warm water and then? Yeah, so you, you could either, sure, so you could either do a capsule form or if you have an herbalist or you can get, you know, some, some tea, um, either way, but yes, you put, it's a warm compress, uh, and you place it over the eyes. It's very soothing, you know, red raspberry leaf is another one. So whatever you can get in your local herbal store, um, you know, eyebright's pretty uh, available. You can even drink the eyebright. Uh, as a tea, and also you can use it as a compress. That's wonderful for pink eye. And, um, you know, if it's still not going away, I would look into getting some kind of an organic uh, colloidal silver uh, formula, and then you can use that as a compress as well. Uh, so there are a lot of different directions you can go. Pick your favorite herb. Uh, chamomile is another nice one. You could just do chamomile tea bags over the eyes. Um, over the eye. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that sounds great. So, okay. Now is all of this. So styes. Okay. Same thing. Like, is that like inflammatory process is, you know, does the upper and lower lid also, um, is it, did you say the upper lid is spleen, spleen. and the lower is stomach? Correct. Right. So you okay. can get some acupuncture and a lot of times that will redistribute the congested energy in the eyes. But a sty is a little different because uh, usually that's on the eyelid. And if our, you know, our eyelashes uh, get clogged up because they're meibomian glands there. Those are the glands that produce the oily part of the tears. So then that can lead to things like meibomian gland dysfunction and dry eye. So that's more of a condition where it's affecting the outer part of the eye. And then if it's away from the eyelashes and you start to get bumps, that's called a chalazian. And so that's, that's like a lumpy, uh, congested right. formula, uh, uh, condition, but it's similar there, you know, there's usually, there's could be some anti, anti, um, bacterial uh, or bacterial and viral and sometimes even allergic reactions. That's another one where the makeup contact lenses, uh, those are all issues that can cause the meibomian glands to, to get irritated. And, um, again, finding ways to reduce the inflammation. I find the castor oil is really good for meibomian gland dysfunction. Um, and you can either put it in the eyes or massage it on the eyelids, MSM eye drops, um, similiacin eye drops. So I try to get people away from what's in the, uh, you know, the regular pharmacies because those eye drops have a lot of preservatives. They have a lot of chemicals in them. And we're back to the ocular microbiome again. Uh, but it's similar. You use the same kind of compresses. And, um, you know, so it's, it's a similar situation as the, the uh, pink eye, but it's more external and it's more on the eyelashes. Or the pink eye is more internal. It's more on the mm -hmm. inside part of the eyelids. But, um, you know, if you've got conditions like autoimmune, um, rosacea is an issue. I see a lot of ocular rosacea. Uh, uveitis, uh, those conditions, um, yeah. where there's an autoimmune situation, you know what to do there. You, 
You talk to people about improving that part. The gut health and the eye health are very related in my, okay. what I have yeah. seen. That's so, not surprising. Yeah. So, um, so there, those two are, are pretty similar in how you would treat it. Okay. And I mean, so basically, I mean, there are some people who get styes often. They get them several times a year and there are people mm-hmm. that don't get it at all. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the reason being mostly is either low level inflammation, gut issues, microbiome issues? Yes, I, I would say those things. And I would probably add things like visual stress, if they're contact lens wear, what's their eye makeup like, um, the, those kinds of things. What is their eye history? If they had eye surgeries, have they taken a lot of pharmaceuticals in the eyes? Uh, you know, those are all secondary factors that reduce the, the resistance in the eyes because we need the good bacteria and the healthy pH. If we don't have that, and there's dryness and inflammation, then it's a petri dish for you know viruses and bacteria to to get into the eyes. We don't have the immune health in our eyes to to uh, you know reduce the 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 causes of it. So um, you have to be a detective there. I would ask them about their you know their visual stress. You know, do you get eye strain? Do you get eye fatigue? How many hours a day are you on the screens? Um, you know, those, those are factors that we're seeing more and more computer related visual stress because kids, because of homeschooling and then, uh, adults that are on their phone and screen 10, 12 hours a day. And, um, you know, we could talk about the nutrients that are really important, like vitamin A, uh, that's, that's super important. But if people have a challenge with their liver and gallbladder, they're not producing enough bile and they're not storing it. Bile helps us absorb the fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin A, lutein, and zeaxanthin. Uh, and those are critical for, for our eye health and many other things. So supplementing with bile salts after a meal can be helpful. So I'm always asking about liver gallbladder health. That's a big one. And more and more people either have their gallbladder taken out or they have toxicity levels, uh, toxicity issues in the liver. And in Chinese medicine, the liver rules the eyes. So um, that's another factor. But vitamin A, lutein, zeaxanthin, hydrating your eyes, getting enough healthy fats and oils, um, especially omega-3s. And um, you know, there are other things as well, but those are, those are the main ones. I mean, if people are under some eye stress and they're getting chronic styes or conjunctivitis, I would put them on a comprehensive eye vitamin for a few months and, you know, really check in with their diet around getting enough antioxidants and stuff. Sure. Because the, the, the nutrients, the eyes have one of the highest metabolic needs in the body and the retinas especially. And right now we're discovering red light therapy. If you look through red light three minutes in the morning, uh, that has been shown to regenerate certain eye conditions. Oh, um, so it's at 670 wow. nanometers. This was a study published in the UK, University College of London, uh, that Dr. Jeffrey's t- uh, team uh, did a study on red light and people over 40. And three minutes in the morning, they did it over 12 weeks, once a week, and they found they had a 22% improvement in visual acuity uh, just doing the red light. Wow. So non-invasive. So the red light is addressing the mitochondria in the retina, and ATP. So the ATP goes up, the ROS, the reactive 
oxygen species goes down because that gets higher when your eyes are aging and you're getting more inflammation and oxidative stress. It also works great for drusen. Anybody out there who's been to their eye doctor and those cholesterol vessels that are growing in the retina, the red light has been shown to shrink the drusen as well. And, um, you know, you might read the study and make your own uh, determination, but there's so many great things out there that are that are helping us, and we need to yeah. get away from just treating the symptoms. And I know you're doing that too, so it's uh, exciting to, so to see others. three minutes we- once a week, and that's Well, it. that's what the studies show. Now, it has to be in the morning. My protocol is I have people do it three days a week. And it's about three minutes. In the, you want to do it in the morning, at least three hours uh, after. You know, I mean, no more than three hours after you uh, uh, waken up. But okay. the the great thing about it is, is that um, this red light seems to be affecting the mitochondria health and the ATP sure. health. So that's yeah. But it's it's uh, it's pretty phenomenal to have that kind of an improvement in a study. And what they found is that between 40 and 70, those age ranges, they actually got more benefits than the people under 40 years old, which was kind of fascinating. And I didn't, I didn't quite get that, but that's, that's what they, they found in their study. So, um, got it. Okay. That's it. That's a really cool study. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy that they did that with the red light. Yes. I feel like red light therapy is, is becoming more and more popular. I think which is a it great is. Thing. Very and, yeah. and accessible too. People can figure it out uh, how to get that kind of red light in their eyes. I'm I'm putting out a, a new pair of glasses that's going to be red light. So it's just a pair of glasses that you wear that will have that red in it. Oh, and cool. uh, so because um, I want to make it available to people and and um, yeah, so that'll that be coming coming out soon. So let's talk a little bit about floaters. Yes. Okay. I know that uh, it can start as early as like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I read this somewhere, and then it can start as early as like in your 20s, or mm-hmm. even I don't know if any sooner. Yeah. People get these floaters, and and I always thought there was something that like people that they, that were older got, but that is not true. Well, age related is certainly one one factor, but also if you're nearsighted, if you've had cataract surgery or another kind of surgery called vitrectomies, which are used uh, to reduce eye pressure. LASIK surgery, laser surgery can also trigger floaters. Um, Even certain medications, um, non-inflammatory steroids, uh, NAISD, like ibuprofen, those kinds of things can trigger floaters. So the, 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 the big, yes. And so the big, the big thing here is that the vitreous is the gel sac that sits in front of the retina and it's made up of mostly water and collagen proteins. And as we age, it tends to shrink a little bit. So if the, if you're in a situation eye wise where you're dehydrating the eyes, then what happens is the vitreous starts to pull away from the retina and that's called a posterior vitreous detachment. And a high percentage of people will get that over 50, 60% of people over the age of 60 will have that PVD. And some other reasons why you might get the PVD or vitreous floaters could be, again, too much screen time, exposure to blue light, uh, and, and just a general low-grade inflammation. 
also could be heavy metal toxicities, liver issues can also uh, create the floaters. But the good news from my perspective is there are things you can do to at the very least neutralize the floater. So I'll go through my list. One of the top ones, and this was a study that was done, people that, that ate pineapple, the bromelain in it, uh, reduced floaters. So you could either take a bromelain a supplement or you know, you could have your daily dose of pineapple. Um, another thing that you could do is make sure you up your vitamin C. Uh, so looking to get maybe 2,000 milligrams a day of a good vitamin C. Hyaluronic acid is another. Um, it's a large molecule that helps kind of with the collagen levels of the collagen health of the vitreous. Um, there's an eye drop called Hyalotears. Um and it's, called, it's from a company called Hyalogic, and that has hyaluronic acid in it. It's made for the eyes. MSM eye drops also work well, so you can do either a lower or a higher percentage of MSM, and that's helpful. You can do some kind of a liver cleanse. That can also be helpful. And another interesting connection is the lymphatic health. So if we're sitting a lot, if we've got a sluggish lymph system and we start activating our lymphatic health and we do certain eye exercises where we're moving the eyes, um, this helps also get rid of the floaters. So lymph health and reducing floaters kind of go together. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're scheduled for something like cataract surgery, there's a little bit of higher risk that you might be getting, might get some floaters after the surgery, diabetes, eye trauma, so concussions or, you know, car accidents, food allergies, um, yeast infections. Uh, these are all things. And then from a Chinese medicine model, what we've learned is it's kidney congestion. So if you get some acupuncture and you get more qi into your kidneys, that can also be helpful. And, um, um, so those are the, so those are some of the main things they can be frustrating. And I counsel people to be patient because, you know, they may do something like hyaluronic acid or MSM and it gets rid of some of them, but then, okay, they need to do a liver cleanse or they need to, you know, protect their blue from the blue light, the blue blockers. So there's a lot of, uh, detective work again, that needs to be done about eye floaters you don't want to do any kind of surgery or laser with the floaters. I've had too many uh, car accidents with that where people have had those laser surgeries and then it's creating a cloud or more blurred vision. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so you don't want to do that. I think the red light is also helpful. So you bring back the red light therapy would be something I would I would do. And again, visual stress, you know, what kind of prescription are you wearing? Do you wear progressive bifocals? Maybe you need to wear a single vision lens for your screen time so you have more peripheral vision. And uh, so those are the main things. I'll add one more, uh, poor dentistry. So if you've had a lot of mercury amalgams or got TMJ or root canals, these are things that can, again, because it's right near where the eye is, seek out a biological dentist and uh, get better teeth, dental health from a more holistic yeah. perspective. Yeah, I'm sure you do that For too. Sure, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So, so can floaters, you know, doing a lot of these things, 
can they have you seen people really get rid of the majority if not all of them sure of course um yeah i mean if you go on my website my web store look at msm I'm not allowed to write these things because <laughs> of the FDA, but people will write in and say, you know, I've been using these MSM drops and within three days, my floaters are gone. Um, wow. And so, you know, I've had a lot of success stories with it. And for others, it's just been a slow improvement. And for others, they get better and then they come back a little. And the, so there's a stress component in it, mm -hmm. you know, adrenals, thyroid. Yeah. But sure. definitely, you know, adding all of these things and more nutrients to your eyes, better antioxidants, you have a good chance of neutralizing and in some cases, reversing the floaters. Yeah, absolutely. And improving oh, cool. vitreous health. So yeah. good to know. Yeah, it's now, definitely is, true. is taking oral, um, not antibiotics, taking oral probiotics, can that help with the eye microbiome? I would say a little bit indirectly. Uh, you know, the, the school is out on how much oral uh, probiotics uh, work. You know, are you doing fermented foods? Um, you know, there's lots of conversation about where we get our probiotics and, and sure. so on. But I would say that here's, here's the statistic. The eyes and the brain make up 2% of the body weight and use 25% of the food intake. So 25% of what we eat is going into this area. So whatever you're doing to reduce inflammation, improve dietary absorption, um, it is going to have an impact on your eyes. I mean, I, I read this statistic that the retina has the highest energy and metabolic need in the body because of the concentration of blood vessels. And it makes sense to me because we can look in the eyes and we can see early stages of hypertension, diabetes, and so on, all these conditions. So I would say that, you know, whatever you're going to do to improve your digestive health, your GI health, I know you do this a lot. Yes, I think it can clear up your eyes. Doing a liver cleanse could clear up your eyes. Uh, yeah. Taking a break from screen time can clear up your eyes. So there's... There's a lot um, of connection and, and collaboration between your gut health and your eye health. I love that. I mean, you just, you gave us so much today um, because really the only thing we ever do for pink eye and size is um, antibacterial, you know, medication. So I love all of these recommendations and using some castor oil and the castor oil, can you, you said that you can put it inside the eye, but you can also massage it on the lids as well. Definitely. Uh, that's a great thing to do before bed, to just take a little bit of castor oil and very lightly just massage it over the eyes. It will penetrate and absorb during the night. And people that have excruciating dry eye in the morning, when they do that castor oil massage before bed, mm -hmm. it is really moisturizing and hydrating. And then you've got your Similicin or MSM or Optique eye drops by your nightstand. Put a couple of those in. You know, you just have to feed your eyes more hydration until you get to a loading dose where the eyes then revert back to producing enough tears and they're not evaporating and there's not that inflammation or infection that's affecting the tear production. But absolutely, uh, the castor oil massages, it feels good and it works. So it's... uh 
I oh, highly recommend it. Yeah. So someone just asked, um, can someone use red light therapy with or without glasses? You can do it without glasses. I would actually recommend without glasses. You don't have to see anything. It's basically you want to receive the, the red into the eyes. So you sit in a chair. You don't need a bright light source either. Uh, so you don't have to look into the sun or a bright light, just a, just a mellow light. That was what showed in the study. They didn't use a bright red light. It was more dim. And you know that it's too bright if you start squinting or straining, then that's, you're either too close to the light source or it's too bright. So follow that response if it's, if you're getting that kind of reaction. But, uh, do it without contacts and glasses. So there's more of a chance for the red to get, come into the eyes. This is where we want to receive the food this way coming in. So we don't need to see clearly or need lenses. So take them off and just use the red lens during the treatment. Is there a red light therapy that you, company that you like or that you personally use? Or that you well, there's a full, use? there's a full body light panel. Um, I, and I have no, um, business relationship with this company. It's called Red Rush 360. And I like this company because it's also, it's a red light box and also near infra, near infrared. And that's also very helpful for your body and your eyes. Um, and so the other thing is it's low EMF. And with that light box, it's pretty bright. So again, you want to be maybe um, two feet away if you're going to be keeping your eyes open. I start with the eyes closed because the eyelids w are like window shades. So some of the light is still going to get in, but you're not going to have that brightness. Right. But Red light on the body is great for inflammation, immune health, cardiovascular health, and many other things. I mean, you can look at the literature. So that's a whole body light box that, that works well that people have responded to. And it runs somewhere six to $700. Um, yeah. so that, that would be, you know, an option if you want to get the whole body in, into the red light. Okay. I do have a question here. Um, someone that's had MS has blurry vision. Any recommendations? Well, one thing is on my YouTube channel, I did a very extensive video blog on the relationship between MS and vision. And uh, so you might check that out. But just simply uh, stating there are some things that you can do, um, and it's related to, and I don't want to get too into this, the relationship to your vitamin D levels and MS. And there have been some studies that show that high, if you do a high dosages of vitamin D, that you can actually start reducing some of the MS symptoms and, and things like that. On an eye level, uh, color therapy, light therapy is very helpful. Eye exercises are also really good. Um, and the, the first thing to do is get an assessment of the optic nerve because many times MS affects the optic nerve, which is related to how well our peripheral vision is. So getting a baseline of that and then you can do either some you know nutrient support, things like taurine and ginkgo and omega-3. Those are great for the optic nerve. And then some eye exercises can be helpful. But check out this video blog I did. I think it's about 10 minutes long. So I really dove deeply into, 
you know, the biochemical aspects of MS and how it relates to the eyes and the body. Very cool. And then um, for our last question, um, can these recommendations help an 80-year-old woman or 80-year-old, sorry, it doesn't say woman, with diabetes? Oh, it does, in her eyes. So 80-year-old woman with diabetes. Can this help? I would say that anything that you can do to calm down the retina circulation uh, is helpful. So the red light therapy would be a place I might start. And um, also taking a look at some very simple gentle eye exercises could also help. You know, on the, on the diabetic level, again, you, you, you can do some things like bilberry. That's wonderful for retina circulation. The carotenoids lutein, zeaxanthin, and astaxanthin, they're great for retina health and retina circulation. Those are gentle, you know, uh, antioxidants and carotenoids that if somebody has diabetic retinopathy, they want to be feeding their retina with these kinds of antioxidants, and they'll slowly start improving their vision and support their retina circulation better. That's a no-brainer. So I, I think there's a lot of upside for anybody at any age that's got diabetic retinopathy. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Sam. Um, Everyone who's listening today, if you want to follow him, he is an amazing resource for eye health. Um, it sounds like you also have a YouTube channel, and you're, you're always on Instagram, so I, I see a lot of your posts yeah. and your reels and all of that, which is amazing. So Thank you. Thank you for having me, and I wish you the very best, and uh, we'll speak to you again sometime in the future. Sounds good. I'll have you back for other, other yeah. eye topics. That'd be okay. great. All right. Really good. Well, that was a great interview. I really enjoyed being with Margaret. You can check out her Instagram at Margaret Romero. She's got some excellent content on functional medicine, GI health, and many other things. So if you want to text me your questions, you can do so at 844-932-1291. That's 1-844-932-1291. Or you can always email your questions to me, hello at drsamburn.com. So that's our show for today. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.